Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. I want to keep talking about incarnation and identity. Everybody say incarnation and say identity. Um, And if you didn't know, because Jesus was God incarnate or God becoming what? Flesh, right? What does it mean? What does incarnation mean? It means to become flesh. So Jesus was the word incarnate. He was the word made what? Flesh, right? So John 1.14 says that the word became flesh and lived amongst us. That's crazy. So the word of God, watch this. It didn't say the Bible became flesh. (laughs) It didn't say the King James 1611 became flesh and lived. It said the word of God became what? Flesh and lived amongst us, right? So the logos of God, God the Father, God the Son, who's the logos of God. He's the spoken word of God. Yes, but he's the word of God. The word of God became flesh and he lived amongst us. And because he did that, he now gives us our identity. And so I just want to share some truths from uh, the incarnation story again. And, and just kind of just I won't be very, very long today, but just minister some thoughts to you um, as much as the Lord allows. I got a couple passages. Isaiah, um, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. And then we're going to look at Isaiah 9 and 6. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. It's a very familiar passage. When you turn there, you'll know exactly what that is. <clears throat> Isaiah 7, 14. And then we're going to look at maybe Isaiah 9, um, around verse 6, 6 and 7. And then I'll read from Luke chapter 1, where Gabriel comes to Mary. Isaiah 7, 14. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, and then Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Isaiah 7, uh, this is when Isaiah the prophet um, sent a message to King Ahaz, um, but this is the highlight of that prophecy. Listen to this, Isaiah 7 and 14, he says, uh, because Ahaz would ask a sign, Isaiah says, God himself is going to give you a sign. By the way, this is between, I don't know, seven or 800 years before Jesus. The Lord himself. Everybody say the Lord himself. That's the kind I like. I don't like the ones that I got to bring to pass. But at the word, if God says, I'm going to do this, I love this. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Which, by the way, I need you guys. If you didn't know this, we are a talkback church. I've been to the other one, and I prefer a talkback church, okay? So, you, you're not going to scare me by shouting at me. The Lord himself will give you a what? A sign. Behold, here's a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive. That right there, as we know, naturally is impossible. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a what? Son. Now, in, in my Bible, I have a New King James Bible right here that I'm reading from today. That son is capitalized, so that's not like, you know, Joshua, Aaron, and Malik. This is a special son, a highlighted son. Shall bear you a son, and his name shall be called what? 
Emmanuel, right? Now let me read verse 15 because nobody never read verse 15 to you. Curds and honey. When's the last time you went to, to drop the restaurant? You said, can I get a, uh, I want to get an order of curds. Right? Somebody said, cheese curds. We're smart. <laughs> curds and honey he shall eat. Why eat that? That he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. He, he, curds and honey shall he eat. That he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. Now Isaiah um, chapter 9. This is kind of like one of those refrigerator Christmas verses right here. Ready? For unto us a child is what? Born. Notice once again in my Bible that I'm reading here, child is capitalized. So this is a special child. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And now this is a different son, and this is a different child. Because this child and this son, the government will be upon his shoulders. There's no other child or son ever been born that this happened to, that when they were born, the government was upon their shoulders. And you thought your family member had a long name. Let me, let me give you this one, all right? Isaiah just said his name will be called Emmanuel. And then he says this, and his name will be called Wonderful. All capitalized right here. Counselor. Mighty God. How can you be a baby born and somebody call you everlasting? Prince of, watch this, and of the increase of his government, which by the way is on his shoulders, in other words, the ever increasing aspect of it, of the government and his peace, there will never be what? Never be an end. And it will be settled upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, and he will order it and establish it with judgment and with justice from this time forward, even forever. And just so you don't think a pastor said this or a president or a earthly king, he says, the zeal of the Lord help host, he will perform this. Now, that word sat in the earth for about seven or 800 years. And then let's look at Luke's gospel chapter two. Everybody say this, say every word of God has the time attached to it. Mm -hmm. No word of God ever really falls to the ground. If God speaks a word over your life that you don't do, it's okay. That word will never die. We will, but that word will stay in the atmosphere until somebody comes and says, I'm that guy. My, my father in love gave me a word in 2005, and he says, Joshua, he says, you're like David. You're the eighth son. He said, the thing that you're called to do, he said, seven other men ahead of you were called to do it, but said no to it because of what it cost. He said, but you say yes to it. So that word's been around for a while. You just said yes to it, right? So no word of God ever falls to the ground. This word hung out for 800 years, and then bam, here we go. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Why six months? This is six months after uh, Elizabeth, the mother of John, the Baptist, 
has gotten pregnant. Six months later, he now goes to Galilee because he has another message. All, the only thing Gabriel does is he stands in the presence of God until God says, go, say. And he goes and he says, and he comes back. Go and say. He'll go and he say, and he comes back. So he's been waiting for six months in the presence of God. God speaks and says, now it's time. And he goes to Galilee to a city named Nazareth. Verse 27, and he goes to a virgin. Where does the virgin go back to? Isaiah 7, 14, a virgin shall conceive. It's 800-year-old word. He goes to a virgin who was betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. He was of the house of David, but the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, it is the custom of the Bible when people, when usually when angels appear to people, you know what happens to those people? They, they get horribly afraid and they like fall over like they're dead. Just like, boom. Just like the glory of God just always comes with them. But what I don't know if Mary was folding clothes, cooking pancakes, getting, you know, checking her Instagram. I don't know what she was doing, but it doesn't happen with her. He says, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you and you're blessed amongst all women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and she considered what kind of greeting is this? And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son you shall call his name Yeshua. That's where the name Joshua comes from, Yeshua. He will be great, and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, go ahead, Isaiah, there will never be an end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the preacher will make it happen. Right? The, the, the worship leader will bring it to pass. Let's go to the highest religious figure on the planet. That way, The Pope will have a lot to do with this. But the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, the Holy One, capital Holy One there, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And Mary, if you're having problems believing this, verse 36, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, if you don't, if you want a, mem a verse to memorize, memorize this, memorize this one today, verse 37. For with God, nothing will be impossible. That is not the word of a preacher. That is the word of an angel. And then Mary says, after hearing that, then behold, I'm just a maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me or let it happen to me. Exactly the way you said it, an angel. And then and Gabriel goes, just the way he came. And for nine months, she sat, believing that word that she heard. Everybody say the coming of the Lord. Now say Advent. 
Say the coming of the Lord. Say Advent. One more time, say the coming of the Lord. Now say Advent. Easter is a time that we celebrate Jesus getting up. Wouldn't you agree? Easter is a time that we celebrate the death, the burial, and the resurrection. I would even dare to say the ascension into the heavens to where, to where Christ is seated on the right hand of Papa. We celebrate the death, the burial, and the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. Easter is when we celebrate Jesus getting up. However, Christmas or Advent is when we celebrate Jesus coming down. Say it again because you missed it. Easter is a time we celebrate Jesus getting up. But Christmas, the birth of Christ, is when we celebrate God coming down. And why is that monumental? Because for you and I, we had no way, watch this, to reconcile ourselves back into right standing with God. We couldn't cross that chasm. Why is the Advent important? Why is what we're celebrating during this time important? Because the Advent says this, is that our God does not simply or is not simply the one who showed up once, Aaron. He's the one who shows up all the time. He's not just the God who came. He's the God who always comes. See it now. So that means wherever you find yourself at today, if God can break through the heavens, come into the earth, and <clears throat> crazy, if he can implant himself into the womb of a woman, I promise you, he can implant himself into any situation that we find ourselves in. Yeah, but you ain't seen my marriage. Yeah, but you didn't see Mary's womb. I can see any marriage turning around before I could see a virgin giving birth. That's why King Ahaz didn't want to give a, he said, I ain't going to ask the Lord anything because I don't want to tempt the Lord. And Isaiah said, then God himself will give you a sign. It's not about you tempting the Lord. You don't want to ask for anything. Then God himself is going to give you a sign. Something no human mind, Matthew, could ever fathom. A virgin, think of it giving birth. He could have thought of an angel coming down because they'd seen that. He could have thought of Red Sea splitting because they'd seen that. He could have even thought of dead people getting back up because they had seen that. He could have thought of lepers being cleansed because they had seen that. But never on the earth had a virgin ever conceived, much less of God herself. And Isaiah, not even really having a clue what he was saying, said, God himself, King Ahaz, he's going to give you a sign. And I don't know the time or the when, but I see a virgin giving birth to a son. Oh, and he will be called the son of the highest. And Isaiah would go on to prophesy and he would say, when this man child is to be born, he will be called the son of the highest. And he said this, a son is going to be born born and given 
So, let me, okay, here's some deep theological thoughts. Just buckle your seatbelt and hang on. God is three in one, yet he's also one in three. We, we try to go sometimes from the one back to the three, and it's sometimes problematic. Deuteronomy 6, Moses says, Hear, O Israel, hear, for the Lord our God is one, yet he's always been three. That's why God is love, because love cannot exist by itself. Love has to have somebody to pour itself out on. So watch this. God is community within himself. He's the, he's the community of father, son, and spirit. He is community in himself. That's why there's people in this room, you have no community with anybody else outside of yourself and your life is dysfunctional. Because you and I were built to live in community. If you take, my father-in-law used to teach this so beautifully, if you take something outside of the environment for which it was made, it will soon die. You take a fish and you pull it out of the water for a minute, it will... And it will die because you took it out of the environment that it was made to live in. If you take a plant and you pull it out of the environment of the ground and try to put it in the water or just leave it in the sky, it will eventually shrivel up and die. Why? Because you pulled it out of the environment in which it was supposed to live. Shooting stars are burning out slowly but surely. Why? Because they're leaving the environment in which they were built to live. You and I came from God. We were made in the image of God or out of the image of God. So God is community within himself. So if you separate us, we, we think about being separated from God like I'm not walking with God. Let me, let me make it way more practical than that. You living outside of the community of the ecclesia, you living outside of the community of God's local body, that is a slow dying death. Because God is community within himself. We were built to live in community. God is community within himself. God is not just the God who showed up. He's the God who always shows up. And he says, I'll get in any place you are. This is the promise of the incarnation. Before we even knew to call on God, before we were even on the planet to call on God, God came to a broken universe himself. Genesis 1 says it like this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Most people believe there's this massive gap time between verse 1 and 2, and it says this. And the earth was without form and what? It was a void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The universe really was in a a disarray, a disarray and nobody could do nothing with it and God says I got this so God steps out of nowhere onto the corner of nothing and says I'm gonna fix this what was he doing at the first page of our holy scripture he's showing us that I'm the God who always shows up it didn't take long for humans to get themselves in a mess the book of Job says this, a man born of a woman is a few days and he's full of trouble. 
Somebody say amen to that. You don't believe that? Give your kid just a few months and they're going to show you some stuff. I know they're full of light, life and love, but they're going to show you stuff. Like, did you eat the donuts? Got chocolate all on our mouth. Did you eat the donut? Didn't do that. I didn't do the donut. I don't remember if it was honor or sailor one time. They got into flowers, some flowers all over the floor, just made a mess. Did, did, you, did, did you do this? Then must, let's do what Christians do. Must have been the devil. <laughs> but God always shows up in the middle of our stuff. Didn't take Adam and Eve along. They made a mess. But here comes Papa. Watch this. <laughs> here comes Advent coming to them. Adam, where you are? Where are you at? Where are you bees? Where are you hiding? This is Advent. I'm coming to you. Right? It didn't take Cain and Abel very long to get into it. But here comes Papa coming. Cain, what did you do? What happened? It didn't take humanity very long in the days of Noah. They done messed up the whole globe. But here comes Papa. Here comes Advent coming to them. I'm coming to fix the situation. What's going on? Noah, this is what I need you to do. Where, where, I grew up in, in, in a religious environment where we talk crazy things like this, where we said things like this. Hell is where God puts people for all eternity and separates them from himself because God isn't even in hell. And this is where I say, it's so quiet in here, you can hear moth pee on a cotton ball. Right? And we read right past the scripture where David says, even, even if I do it. He said, even if I make my own bed, my own bed in this place called hell, he said, guess who's right there? So, so even when we make these own hells for ourselves, God said, I'll find you there too. Every parent that your, that your child is old enough to get themselves in a mess, you know as a parent, most of the time you went to where your kid was to get them out of that mess. That wasn't just your heart for your children. That was the heart of Abba God for all of humanity, but you just picked up on a little bit of it. And if we as earthly parents know how, oh, I need to sit back down. If we as earthly parents know how to go to our children in the middle of their mess, if we know how to be Advent to our kids, don't you know that the God who defines himself as love knows how to bring Advent to the cosmos when it needs it. So David said, yes, if I make my bed in hell, thou art there. Daniel said, I found myself serving God and I found myself in a lion's den. But guess who showed up with Daniel in the lion's den? God showed up with Daniel in the lion's den. David found himself standing before a Philistine, a giant of his day. But guess who in Advent form showed up for David when he was facing Goliath? Abba showed up. Moses found himself standing in front of a Red Sea. He needed a massive Advent to take place. And God said, you know that stick you got in your hands? Just hold it out. Let me show you what happens when presence is always with you. How much more worse can it get than this? Jesus himself lying in a tomb. And Advent comes. And I want to say this. If he showed up for David in hell and David for Goliath and Daniel in a lion's den and Moses at a red sea and Jesus in the tomb as God himself. If he showed up for them, you have to know 
many of which they lived under a old, inferior covenant. If he showed up for them in that day, you have to know, now that we live in what the scripture calls the new covenant, you have to know he's going to show up for you and me. And I want to say this really quick. If God doesn't get you out of the situation that you're currently in, this is Advent. It's a sure sign to you and to me that I'm not getting you out. Your testimony is not going to come that way. Your testimony and my testimony is going to come another way. I'm going to show you I'm not just the God who pulls you out. Sometimes I'm the God who gets in there with you, Daniel. There are mountains that God moves. But a lot of times he says, I'm not moving that mountain for you. I'm giving you mountain climbing shoes and I'm going to walk through your trial with you. And in America, we have fantasized this idea that it's only really God when the thing moves and it's not God when he walks through it with you. And I'm telling you, there are going to be things you will not see a shift in in regards to just that thing miraculously moving. But does God move mountains? Sure he does. But David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, watch Emmanuel here. He says, guess who's with me? He didn't say, I approached the valley of the shadow of death and I moved it. And because of that truth, many of you can say, I came across the valley of cancer and you were with me. I came to the valley of a negative health report from my doctor, but you were with me. I came upon the valley of a crazy issue arising I did not foresee in my marriage, and I found Emmanuel was there with me. It was an advent day for me. I got this report on my job, but it was an advent opportunity for the Lord with me. And so be encouraged today, way family, that if God doesn't get you out, then let it be a sign to you that he'll get in there with you. And I got two words for us today. He's coming. I said, I got two words for us today. He is coming. You can look at your situation and say, it ain't changed yet, but I know it's coming. You can look at it. It ain't changed yet, Matt, but I know him to be coming. He's faithful. And the scripture said, he who promised is faithful. He's coming. I prophesied that to myself today. Joshua, man, when's this thing going to happen? I don't know, but this much I do know, he is coming. You can stand and look in your bathroom mirror and be your own prophet and say, self, he is coming. Somebody say, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. What is the Advent speaking to us today, 2,023 years later? It can be speaking a lot, but I just want to narrow it down to a couple of things. Emmanuel is this, God with us. Not God with us when you're righteous. Not God with us when you stop sinning. Not God with us when you got perfect church attendance. Not God with us when you don't cuss anymore. Not God with us when you quit drinking. He's not God with you when you just start serving in the church. He's not God with you when you stop making 30,000 and start making 70, 80, or six figures. He's not God with you when your kids end up being perfect. No, he said, I'm God with you. This is God appearing to a young virgin girl 
and this prophetic, amazing, wondrous sign to her almost cost her her life. But yet even in that, it was God with her. What we preach on as miraculous today almost caused the murderer in her day. Joseph had four rights from the Holy Scripture to get this lady stoned. <laughs> I read this this week to my kids. And Sailor was like, stone her? Stone her? I was like, yeah, stone her. But the Bible says an angel showed up to Joseph in a dream and said, we're not going to do that. Look, that's how serious of an issue it was. I know you think she's been sleeping around. Joseph, ain't nothing you can do to fill these shoes. That baby's God's baby. And it took an angel appearing to him in a dream and said, that holy thing that she's toting in her womb, that ain't from no other brother in Nazareth. This is from the God of the universe. It's from God. He came to us. He's with you. What does Emmanuel mean? God. So, is he with me when I'm at church? Is he with you if you miss church? As a pastor, though, sure makes me feel better when you come. Can I, can, okay. What we do is we take these, these scriptures like this, and it's true, he's not with me when I'm, he is with me when I'm not at church, but that's not reason to miss gatherings. There are people say, well, I don't, gotta be, I don't gotta go to church to be a Christian. No, you don't. But it sure can help make you stronger. He's with us. Somebody say, he's with me. Come on, say, he's with me. Why do we forget that sometimes? You know why? Because storms create amnesia. You could be like, God, man, God is amazing. And you hear something the next day. And then we're like in shambles. What happened to God was amazing. I'm telling you, God doesn't quit being Emmanuel when storms arise. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And that is our humanity. But even when we go crazy and forget, he's still Emmanuel. So he's Emmanuel to the broken as well as to those that think they're whole. He's Emmanuel to the addicted, as well as those that don't have no addiction. He's Emmanuel to the sick and afflicted, as well as those that don't have any kind of physical issues. He's Emmanuel to those who aren't confused. You ready for this? And he's Emmanuel to those who are confused. They just don't know it yet. And Jesus was the Emmanuel of his day. Watch this. Because Jesus was the savior to his people in a physical body in his day. Let me tell you who Emmanuel is to us today. He's the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, I'm going to send a comforter to you. Not only does the incarnation declare to us that God is with us. Because he is. It also says this to me. That God will trust or entrust normal people to carry some big things. Darla, if you're in here, come back to the keys for me. Everybody say this. Say, my father in heaven will entrust me to carry 
some big things. Now listen, come on, if you and I were God, we wouldn't have picked a 13 or 14-year-old girl. We'd have said, let me find this mature woman who balances her checkbook really well. Somebody that knows how to cook. I don't, anyway, I done seen those, those that can't. I'm just telling you the truth. Like, I done seen some people get married. I'm like, you are a man of faith and power right there, bro. Like, we would have been like, um, I want to, I want to, I want to pick the woman that, you know, she watches HGTV and she's, a, you know, she understands decor and cooking and all this stuff. Somebody has a great reputation in the neighborhood. Uh, we we would have, we would have been like, I want to find a family. They tie the ninety percent and live off the ten. We we said, I want to find a woman that she talks in tongues more than anybody else, Lindsay. Watch this. If we would have been God, we'd have said, I'm looking for a Proverbs 32 woman who takes it to the next degree, whatever that is. You know, who's a lot like my wife. She doesn't even never have an opinion to the man of God. Every man, likewise, his wife does that say amen. Okay, okay. And your wife ain't even in here right now. But some, you can sleep in my house for the next week, brother. I just want you to know that. I don't know what Mary was doing, but Gabriel comes and he, he finds her. I mean, the Bible makes it look like she wasn't even caught off guard. She just says, what kind of greeting is this? There probably isn't many messages that affected Gabriel, but I bet this one did. Can you see Yahweh, Matthew, saying, Gabriel, this is unlike any message you've ever carried. I want you to go tell a human being that's made in my image that the one that created them is fixing to get inside of them. And she won't fully understand it, but you tell it, Gabriel. But you make sure that she kind of grasps the concept. Don't leave until she does. Flies with haste to Nazareth. Maybe Gabriel's like, well, Lord, where is it? Is it in Rome? It's in Egypt. It's one of the superpowers. Where is it? Nazareth. Gabriel's like, you sure? Nazareth. I mean, you the boss. I mean, you just, if it mess up, you said it. I'm just the mailman. I'm just going like this. He goes. And I don't know if he got there and stayed in his invisible suit for a while. He's probably like, it can't be her. It's got to be her neighbor. Are there any women in the room like you look on, I'm specifically to women. We men, we do this, but this is for women. Like you look on social media and you think, man, she got it all together. Look at how, look at how her, look at how the cups and the bowls in her cabinet are. Wow. Wow. Really, she really saved. We, my wife and I got some friends in the room. I won't call out their name, Vanessa and Wes. But anyway, we, I never forget. First time we went to Wes and Vanessa's house, I opened the refrigerator. I was like, I ain't even saved. I ain't even saved. Do you remember that feeling, man? I'm like, this there ain't nothing out of place in here. I, 
was like, let me find at least one stain. So I know they're human beings, but I didn't find nothing. Like I pulled, I, I got a drink from like the little holder and the drink nicely rolled out and stopped at the next place. And I was like, wow, hey, drinks got red lights. Gabriel could have been like, can't be her, but it was her. And he appears and he, he starts off by saying, hell. <laughs> or hey, I got a message for you. God sent me to tell you that you are going to give birth to a son. And she's thinking naturally, um, I am engaged. I haven't never laid with a man yet. I don't know how this is going to work. Which, interesting enough, she asked, she said the exact same thing that that, that Zacharias said six months before. He said, how's it going to be? But see, he was a priest. He should have trusted what God said to be true. And he spoke it from a place of doubt. And that same angel said him, your sign is going to be this. You ain't going to be able to talk until that baby boy is born. Because in your position, with your authority, with your knowledge of Scripture, you should have known better. Your sign will be mutinous until the day that this boy is born. And and Zechariah couldn't speak until the day that that child was born. You know, another reason he couldn't talk is because he'd have probably messed things up. Matter of fact, on the day that John the Baptist was born, it came that day. I mean, he hadn't talked for nine months. And when, matter of fact, when he came out of the temple... When had his God encounter with an angel? The Bible says the people perceived that he's seen an angel. Well, duh. He went in talking, came out not talking. He, he's motioning with his hand. He's seen something nine months go by. It's at the day that John's supposed to be born. And the Bible says, they were like, what do you want to name the boy? The angel had already told Eliz- uh, Zachariah to name him what? John. He says, give me a writing tablet. Because in his day, you're really supposed to name, most likely, you name your child after yourself. He says, name him. They're, they're thinking, he's going to, duh, we know it's going to be your name. Zachariah, he turns it around. And watch this. He didn't name God's miracle after himself. You got to be careful what you let people pressure you to do. All of his cousins were trying to name what God was going to do to him. And God said, I ain't going to let you talk. I ain't even going to let your family mess this one up. And as soon as you get to a point where you call it what I told you to call it, then I'm going to let you talk about it. Boom. And his speech was loose. He said, call him John. Call him what, jo- what the angel said to call him. That same angel is now standing before Mary. How's this thing going to be? Same exact statement. You doubting, right? He saw deeper. He said, that's easy. The power of the highest is going to overshadow you. And you will conceive in your womb a son, and he'll be called the son of the highest. Still don't get it. He said, I know. But I'm Gabriel. He says this. He says, I'm Gabriel, who stands in the raw, unfiltered presence of Yahweh. I do not leave his presence until he gives me a message. This is what he created me to do. The only thing I've ever done, I don't swing swords. I speak and I listen. I speak and I listen. The only thing I do is I hear and I say. 
I hear and I tell, and I've never seen him say anything that didn't come to pass. And that God told me to come give you a message. I was there the day he created the cosmos. I was there when he spoke to Moses and said, Red Sea, I've seen it all. And that God told me to come tell you, you will conceive and give birth to a son. I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And she says, well, if you say it like that, she says, then let it happen to me the way you said it. And my God, man, 2,023 years later, we stand here getting to sing songs and hear sermons about a young virgin girl who had enough faith to trust the words of a glowing figure. And today we call it Advent. Today we call it the incarnation. And because of his incarnation, we now have our identity. Come on, stand to your feet. Why don't you just begin to give him thanks right now? Come on. Why don't you just begin to give him thanks for the wonder of the incarnation? He's God with us. He's God for us. So what can stand against us? Moses would say, he was with me at the Red Sea. Daniel would say, he was with me. In the lion's den, David would say, even if I made my bed in hell, he's with me. Today, auto mechanics can say, he's with me under the engine of a car. Surgeons can say, he's with me in the operating room. Single moms and single dads can say, he's with me as I take care of my kids. Teachers can say, he's with me in the classrooms. Athletes can say, he's with me in the gym and I'm when I'm on the field. He's with me. 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 Come on, take a moment. Let the wonder of the fact that he's Emmanuel rest on you. He's with you. In my addiction, he's with me. In my brokenness, he is with us. He's with us. If you're in this room today and you felt like you have been alone where you are, no, 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 no. I bring you glad tidings, which has been great joy to all humans for the last 2,023 years. There has been born to us in the city of David 2,023 years ago, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Yet Isaiah said his name would be called Emmanuel, which is God with all humanity. I say this in my closing today. It's interesting that nobody in the days of Jesus ever called him Emmanuel. Yet Isaiah said his name will be called Emmanuel. Because him being with us by the name or title of Emmanuel wasn't so much him walking beside us as it was the union, watch this, or the unification of divinity and humanity being brought together in one. Union happened at the birth of Christ and that was heaven's way of saying, now this is Emmanuel. If you're in this room today and you've never made a conscious choice to see Jesus as he really is and to let him be in you, through you, and for you all that he really desires to be, then I would love the opportunity to introduce you to my best friend. I'm telling you, when I, when, I, when I say Emmanuel, I can tell you my own stories, and we all have them. I can tell you, 
in my highest times of porn addiction, he was still with me. In my greatest moments of my own insecurities in life, he was still with me. When I felt like I was failing as a husband and failing as a dad and failing financially, all the stuff, man, but he's still been with us. And when I didn't know him, although he's always known me, when I didn't know him, even in my most lost state, I just simply acknowledged his presence. And the light of God, man, came alive in me when I received the life of Christ. If you've never done that, I'm telling you, it's the greatest decision you'll ever make. One of my favorite voices on the planet, his name is Baxter Kruger. He said this. He said, the salvation of humanity. I want you to hear this. The salvation of humanity is not you and I asking God to come into our lives. Rather, it's you and I recognizing who he is, what he's already done, and then this. Because God would not want to watch this quote-unquote come into our lives. He's God. He actually inhabits everything he ever made. He said, but the gospel is this. The gospel is you and I recognizing that he has rather received us into his. It's the Trinitarian truth that the Trinity has received humanity by way of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. If you have never been awakened to that reality, I would love to pray for you today. On the count of three, by a show of hands, if you've never received the life of Christ, if you just say, hey, pastor, that's me, I'd love to pray with you and lead you there and even have a conversation with you afterwards about it. One, two, three. Anybody at all in here under the sound of my voice, you've never received the life of Christ and you want to do that today. Father, we thank you for your presence today. Thank you for the wonder and the beauty of the incarnation. We ask, Lord, that the truth of what you've already done will be established in all of our hearts. We honor your presence today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.